Welcome to another edition of The Brand Called You, a video and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from hundreds of successful people from around the world. Today, it is my privilege to welcome a very accomplished advertising professional come certified coach, Mr. Sanjeev Roy. Sanjeev, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Ashutosh. It's just wonderful to be here. Thank you. Sanjeev is a very senior advertising professional. He's the founder of a leadership development organization called Bull's Eye Incorporated, and he's a certified coach. So Sanjeev, tell me, what would you say are three key milestones in your life or career? I think I'll go with life uh, because that will explain things, I guess, a little better. Mm-hmm. I think the first was uh, my choice of university. Okay. I, was, I was born in Kolkata and um, all of my education was in the missionary schools, right. said something or the other and so on. And then I moved to a university called Jadavpur University. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, that changed my entire perspective on uh, not just uh, people because it, it suddenly opened up, but even the way of looking at things. I mean, I was an economic student, but you know, your friends were from engineering, from chemistry, from geology, from computer science. And so we would have conversations, look at things very differently, and suddenly the whole world mm-hmm. uh, started expanding. So I think that was one big thing, okay. big major um, inflection point for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the um, other, I mean, many years later is when my son was born, mm-hmm. because uh, that again, I mean, priorities change. Suddenly everything was about him. Then that became part of life, part of the way that you sure. decided things. Mm-hmm. And the third for me was when I got my first coaching client. Oh, wonderful. That's the thing that didn't took me on this uh, much deeper into this journey of uh, coaching, leadership development Wonderful. that happened. Wonderful. So, you know, you've seen many people you have coached. You've been a senior advertising professional. Let me start by asking you, and of course, you run a leadership development organization. What are the most important qualities a CEO or a leader should have? I think the, the most important quality that a CEO or leader should have is the ability to give meaning and purpose to people's lives. I mean, any leader, I mean, even if you're leading a small team, how do you make that small team feel that, you know, they're doing something, there's some meaning to it? people spend so much of their time and life at work, it has to have meaning. I think that's what a leader, not just to see you any leader, to give meaning. That, I think, is the, the other way of looking at it is purpose. That, I think, is, is one key thing. Okay. And the other thing I think a leader must possess is belief. And when I say belief, I mean, it's at multiple levels. It starts with the self. So belief in self. And that's what allows you to have belief in others. Uh, it allows you to have belief in things, belief in purpose, belief in products, and belief in values, and so on and so forth. And they must have that, and that's how they begin to live by example that others can uh, take away from them. I think that's something very important that leaders... And I think it, far more important in today's context is that the leader must be a very good listener. They absolutely must always uh, listen and truly understand what is happening. That's how you keep your finger on the pulse and uh, know. And uh, without that, 
all the other things are not really going to uh, fall in place. So if I had to choose three, these are the three that I would choose. No, no, the, the, all, all, all very, very good uh, qualities you know, that you have enunciated just now. So let's talk a little bit about uh, you know, the organization that you built, Bullseye, which is a leadership development organization. Tell me about Bullseye. And a follow-up question is, are leaders born or made? Mm. I'll keep the Bullseye thing short because I could go on for hours <laughs> on it. So it started in 2004 it was it's like the second innings of my life at a time when i wanted to move out and follow what i thought was my passion which used to be called training and training and development i mean that's like the wrong terminology now you call it learning and development and so that's how it started in 2004 it is a classical mom and pop uh, outfit because it was my wife and i we started this thing um, when we started, we started with the idea of doing training and development. It took some time for that to happen. Meanwhile, there was a search function that started, which was a lot easier. And so it kept the business going. Two years into that journey, I worked for free with a very senior HR uh, person uh, to learn mm -hmm. more. Learn. Then work started coming. And in 2006, there was a gentleman called Marshall Goldsmith was one of the best known coaches in the world, who at that time was like, I mean, known people who were doing a lot of reading, etc. knew about him, came to India, I went and participated, picked up coaching, and then I became a coach. And we kept developing programs. I mean, I had done a lot of work, even in training, even when I was in advertising, because it was a passion. So I brought a lot of that, some of those whole things about being creative, doing things differently. We brought that into uh, the work. I brought in other people. I've been very lucky at various times. I've had a lot of other people going. Okay. And we started doing work. So uh, unlike what uh, I thought would happen, which is the work would start from advertising and there would be a lot of... Right. That's not how it happened. I mean, the work happened from all of the many other organizations, not so much from advertising. Sure. And uh, over the course of time, at some point of time, I started working with not-for-profits. And I found that enormously satisfying. Mm. You know, you work for large organizations, uh, very often they seem to know a lot. So therefore, uh, you do stuff, it's very often ticking the box. But when you're working with mm, not-for-profit organizations or you're working with uh, smaller organizations, they really kind of do and implement all this stuff. And you work with them and it uh, continues for a long time. And you can see real change. And you can see, you know, what you have actually put in and how that's worked out. So that's a, that's that's bullseye for you. We've got five or six people, sort of fairly my, good. My follow-up question is, you know, based on all the people that you've met, are leaders born or made? Both, I think. Okay. You know, so uh, there are I mean, there are the set that we call natural leaders from from the young age and. It, I've tried to think about it. What is it that is about these natural leaders that you can pick up right sort mm -hmm. of fairly early? And I think it's about things like how they step up and step step up to the plate automatically. Mm. You know, you could see that happening if there's a fight, there's somebody who steps in, who puts herself or himself in the line of danger. Yeah. And not for themselves, but for other people. There are always people like that who've done it. And or who get up and something needs to be done. There are five people sitting. Who's the first person who gets up and 
goes up there. So some of it is it's about how you look at challenges. It's some basic instinct. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things that's fairly natural. Okay. Yeah. And these people, over the course of time, I think they become they're the what we call the natural leaders. You can see them through college. They become the captains of sports teams or this or that, and so on and so forth. And they go on in life, and other things happen. So that's one kind. But you know, many of these things now have been kind of studied, mm -hmm. dissected, and uh, it can be taught. Okay. And many, many things that can be taught. Instinct, no. Mm -hmm. But a whole lot of other things around leadership, about how to uh, lead people, how do you go about uh, listening to people, how do you create something, how do you give people a sense of meaning, for example. Yeah? Uh, how it is, how you can start living values, how do you, what do you do about decision making, how do you communicate, all of these things can be taught. Wonderful. So it's possible to learn as well. Terrific. That's a great answer. So let's now move to, uh, you know, your avatar as a coach. Okay. Um, I find in the last few years, coaching is becoming very, very relevant in our country when, you know, I'm from a different uh, you know, vintage. Uh, in, in, when I was growing up in, with ITC and all the other companies that I worked with, uh, coaching or mentoring was done by a senior boss who took a liking to you yeah. or a family member. Yeah. Today, people are willing to pay. Yeah. What is your experience in what is coaching and why are things changing? Mm. So, I mean, there is coaching, there is mentoring and... Correct. There's a lot of definitional thing around it. So I'll give you some definitional stuff, my own ex uh, experience as well. Mm -hmm. So I mean, coaching is uh, the easiest ways to understand that is sports, mm -hmm. right? So, and you take the individual sportsman, take a, take, take a Rafael Nadal, mm -hmm. tennis player, right? he was master of clay court. Yeah. So, and he has all the things that are required. So what are you going to go and Rafael Nadal doesn't need to learn anything about uh, clay, yeah. by and large, mm. but he wants to win Wimbledon. Mm. So when he wants to win Wimbledon, that's a very specific thing. Mm. Okay, and for that specific thing, there are some specific skills that he needs to learn. Okay, but that's certain things that he needs to get better at. Mm. He also needs to understand what he's doing right and what he's doing wrong, and get better at it. Mm -hmm. So that is when you need a coach. Okay, because that's the person who brings in a specific set of kind so of. Let, let, let me uh, ask you a second question. I'm working in the corporate world. How do I figure out I need a coach? Yeah. Uh, there are, so what's happening in the world and why there is a need for coaches is that things are changing very rapidly. Mm -hmm. So um, at a time when you are in, in uh, typically when you are going to experience or are experiencing some transition, Okay, so all the things that you've learned, which has got you to a place and you're getting into a new place, new responsibility, new thing, new setup, new model. There are many things at that point of time that need to be done differently mm -hmm. or have to automatically be done differently. And those are not the muscles that you have. Right. Okay, you haven't exercised them. So at that point of time, you need. Mm -hmm. So by and large, transition is a good kind of thing. The other is getting ready getting ready for transition, which is, you know, the identification of all the high potential people that you say that, okay, this person is going to become CEO, etc. There's a lot of feedback. I mean, feedback plays a very, very important role in your being able to uh, 
take a call on whether it's something that you need or not. And the feedback keeps saying, you believe that you are fantastic at communication. The feedback keeps saying that you're not a very good communicator. It's not something that you necessarily can figure out yourself. Okay. okay. And uh, that's when you need a coach. And typically, I mean, in organizations, there are other people who can tell you. Very often, your mentor will tell you that you need a coach. Okay. I mean, that's the uh, difference between a uh, coach and a mentor. Because a mentor is taking a much longer term view. Hmm. and looking at your development all over and says that, hey, I think you need a coach. So what you're saying is that if I have a specific problem that I want to deal with in my organization and someone in the organization recommends that I should get a coach, I can have a, a coach for a specific issue that I'm faced with. Yes. And I mean, so that's very often the trigger and you get to see that when you're, you know, for ex the class, the typical things that you have, here is that you know somebody who's who succeeded because they've always managed to get things done mm -hmm. but the method has always been control okay yeah and then you uh, go out and you've been given a bigger responsibility control can no longer work because now you're working with senior people okay they need to be empowered that's not so, something that you so sanjeev for for the benefit of our viewers and listeners uh, without giving names of individuals or organizations what are some of the kind of challenges you have faced as a coach? So this, uh, the challenges of the coaches or challenges Co of coaching? Coaches challenges. Okay. So one is typically this, the uh, empowering is a big one. Okay. Okay. Micromanaging to empowering this, this shift. That's one of those uh, typical things that one has. Eh? Communication is another big one. What do you need to say? And what is the right things to say? How do you communicate? And so how much should you communicate? Um, all of that. So that's another uh, big one that I've had to deal with. And in communication, listening, because that's the uh, bit that it leads to many things. So therefore, how feedback is taken, given, all of that uh, becomes uh, very uh, important. The third thing that I've had to often had to deal with is decision making. Okay, and how people go about uh, setting up uh, for themselves. Uh, that's uh, uh, the fourth is simply questioning some of the things, your beliefs that you've held for so long and how uh, that uh, doesn't work. That's very much for entrepreneurs and people like that. Those kind of things become, um, I've had to deal with a lot more. Interesting. So let's keep uh, moving forward. Uh, in a relationship with a coach, how long should the association be? Hmm. I mean, so, uh, like I said, I mean, you may start with something specific, right? And so you start with something specific, you set up objectives and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. I, if it's largely behavioral, mm -hmm. it is largely behavioral. I don't like to do anything in less than six months. Mm -hmm. Because I don't think there's much that you can achieve in a, or attract because behavioral change takes time and for it to be consistent and, you know, sitting as a pattern, mm -hmm. you want to see that the minimum time is six months, very often something like that may go to nine months, mm -hmm. a year, because there are associated things with it, but not much beyond uh, that when it comes to. And uh, from a coach's perspective now, how do I evaluate that I have a good coach? Mm -hmm. I mean, the first thing is that you must talk to the person that you're looking at as coach before you um, agree on it. You must feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. So that's that's 
and feel that okay this is a person i can trust okay that's very important the other is please talk to people that uh, the coachee has worked the coach has worked with before mm-hmm. you know ask them all the questions people who have agreed to, i mean not everybody agrees to speak but those who have agreed to speak there every coach has those people that they have agreed to speak and the coach can actually recommend people who this person may find a lot of resonance with in terms of challenges and so on and so forth and talk to them and understand uh, how that person is listening and i think in that initial meeting I mean, when you evaluating your coach see if the coach asks you good questions mm. okay what kind of questions is the coach asking you and does that help you does that make you sit back think you know help you gain some insight do you really feel hey you know that that i think that the ability to ask those kind of questions is yeah. please do judge that okay so sandeep one more question for you before i move to another section of our conversation and that is that as a coach what are some of the values you hold dear to yourself mm. and this is the, these are also the values of our organization mm-hmm. so i mean the first value is respect for the other okay and uh, by that i mean i mean how do we live that value and what do we do so uh, it's about being able to suspend judgment mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when you a person has a point of view a person does things etc it's automatic to start you know start sure. no mm-hmm. we don't do that okay and then the second aspect of respect is listening mm-hmm. to truly understand and get into that person's shoes and truly understand where they're coming from so and that when you listen to a person the person feels respected as well and we um, you address and you speak respectfully i work with a lot of uh, diversity so therefore it's uh, this is very very important so respect that's that's one the second is confidentiality and uh, the thing about confidentiality particularly when you're working with organizations very often organizations are very keen to know kya hua or this that etc so i set the rules in the beginning that this is what it is this is what gets shared this is what doesn't get shared mm-hmm. and those are understood by everybody okay okay so this is how it conversations the specific conversations never okay they always remain between the uh, coach and the coach gives me a lot of dyspepsia but you know that's the price you pay for uh, doing this business i agree well said the flip side of con- confidentiality is transparency okay which is to be completely clear about this is what goes this is what doesn't go mm. this is what this is what you're saying this is what i'm hearing i also sign these contracts with personal contracts with my coach mm. which are called emotional contract mm. which is and say this is what we agree to do this is how it's going to happen if this doesn't happen you can expect this so things are very very uh, clear and uh, uh, defined well said so let's move to uh, the next segment of our conversation which is some questions for you personally okay you know as you look back at life um, what does success mean to you mm. so success today for me means being really it's about having been able to make some change and an acknowledgement of that i would say that's important for me that um, i've had a role to play in this change so whether whatever it, 
I find myself playing this role not just in my work but generally in life as well. People then gravitate over oh, your coach, so they gravitate towards that. So for me, success is that we're actually being able to shift the needle and having an acknowledgement that yes, you've been able to uh, shift the needle. So okay. I guess that's how I would define success for me. And you know, uh, you're doing so many interesting things. You have done so many interesting things, and I'm sure you'll do many, many more interesting things. Where do you draw your inspiration from? Mm. Uh, well, one is books. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, I read, and it's I'm reasonably indiscriminate reader. It's not just fiction, and mm-hmm. I'll read, and I get ideas from all the other is movies. So, and there are some. Well, I mean, if I'm feeling down, I will get down to watch an Invictus mm-hmm. or Chuck the India or whatever it is, and mm-hmm. feel. Um, all charged up. Uh, the third is just uh, these conversations and success. You know that having been able to, I because I have these practices. Whenever I know that if I'm doing this, let me channel that energy. I start uh, doing things like that. I attend a lot of programs. Every year we've got like a you know a thing written in our uh, set of values and the way we do things. Where we say every person has to do at least twenty days of training themselves. Uh, and go through it. So I do that. So always looking for ideas, basically, and it comes from all of these places. Wonderful. I have time for two more questions. Sure. My next question is that if you, Sanjeev, were a role model to millions of children who closely followed you and your life choices, what is the one thing you would change in yourself? I wouldn't give up active team sports. Okay. Yeah. I would uh, remain. Active in that and remain engaged with young people because I think team sports not just the physical and the mental but they're so fantastic at building values, building friendships, mm-hmm. um, good habits, and a totally different, fairly open and accepting outlook in life. I think that's the one thing. If you say regret, that's the regret that I. That's what I would definitely change. I would remain engaged and I would therefore. If that will inspire other uh, millions of children to remain engaged in sport and do sports mm-hmm. instead of sitting and just at home, I'd do it. Fantastic. And my last question to you, you know, and I come back to the pandemic that is affecting all of us. Mm-hmm. How are you rethinking your life or your work in the new world order? Mm-hmm. So, work for home for me is not a new thing. I mean, I've been doing it for a very long time. So, all the associated those are, you know, that's how it's been. Mm-hmm. Of course, with little changes yeah. here and there, but um, the other is that when this started happening very early, Bullseye, we went into this whole scenario planning exercise. Mm-hmm. Okay, because we've done all these attending webinars and it wasn't making sense. Nobody seemed to know anything, so we did our own stuff and we said, okay, let's look at all the possibilities. This can happen, that can happen, so so on and so forth. And then, as a result of that, we decided that okay, how do we address this? Mm. We've actually gone out, and I personally gone out, and in this period, we've done a lot of new things. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we are continuously trying new things because, and very interesting things are happening. We are finding something, you know, for a brief three-month period. This is terrific, sure. and then it just dies, and you do something else because the whole world is moving along like that. Right. So we are doing many new things. We are doing them very uh, rapidly. In my coaching, I've added new things. specific things because today i think there are so many people who are 
having to or are in a place where they are reconsidering what they need to do with their lives and their careers uh, that's a specific thing that um, i've added on uh, that i'm doing lots and lots of new things but there is a plan we are evaluating all the time what is working in my personal life i mean i do theater now so mm-hmm. i i i'm a director and we were supposed to launch a new play in may of course it didn't happen so now we've moved to reluctantly first and now very enthusiastic to zoom as the medium for doing theater okay so we're going to our shows are going to happen very shortly wonderful. now so you know wonderful lots and lots of that kind of stuff terrific sanjeev thank you so much it's been such a pleasure speaking to you i wish thank you and bullseye lots of success thank you ashutosh thank you very much Thank you for listening to the brand called You video cast and podcast. A platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called You.